We're here. Welcome, everybody, to the Town Alone Pro Wrestling Podcast, a.k.a. T-A-P-W-P, a.k.a. the greatest professional wrestling podcast on God's green earth. I'm your host, Mike Regan, and this podcast is totally just off the cuff, because fuck it, why not? So I'm down here. I gotta be on a plane in 12 hours, not a plane, maybe on a train in 12 hours, going, uh, going on a little trip ski, and... So I've been at the desk. I've been doing work. I've been trying to get, I got an article I got to get done. I got notes I got to get together for two more podcasts. I'm going to be recording this weekend with Adam. Um, All this stuff I got to do. And, you know, I click, clack, clicking away on the the laptop. And I stop for a second, kind of take a break. Um, Well, first I stopped because I went down a rabbit hole, you know, on potential defensive backs the Bills should draft next year but that's something totally different but then I stopped for take a break for a quick second I look at my phone and news is fucking flying people like going crazy and I've been meaning to get another podcast out and I apologize I've just been the last podcast I hated it I think it sounded good uh I tried to cram it in there real quick when I could um I was tired and sleep deprived because Despite town alone bringing in billions on billions of dollars every day, you know, like literally like that just made another bill. Um, I do have a, a day job, a civilian job, if you will, and it has crazy hours. And so I had this short window where I could cram one in, um, but I was not at the top of my game. So I thought it sounded like shit. And then I've been working on wanting to get back and get another one out to you guys. I've just been busy. And then... <laughs> All this news start, all this news started flying, and so I just said "fuck it," and I plugged in the mic, um, and I hit record. So that's what we're doing here. So this could seem all over the place, who knows? But news is dropping like crazy with WWE. I don't even know where to start. Well, all right. Well, so we'll start with what like got me going crazy because I like I checked my phone, and there it was the post TKO, you know, merger with UFC, yada yada yada, Endeavor deal, the. You know, post-merger talent cuts had officially begun today. So that starts happening. And then when I start going to my preferred websites, I start seeing the news about the SmackDown deal and this and that and everything. And I was like, holy shit, like all this news is going on. And I was just over here typing about, you know, the best defensive players to ever use the transfer portal. You know, shout out Christian Gonzalez. Anyway, (laughs) where do we start? All right, so we'll start with a little bit of background on this. So as most of, you who, most of the people who had listened to this podcast and find it at all interesting, probably already know this, but last week they finalized the deal. WWE is no longer a family-owned business or whatever. The McMahons, for the first time ever, have not owned WWE. It is now officially owned by Endeavor. It's been merged with UNC. UNC, yes. University of North Carolina and WWE have come together to take down the evil Duke Blue Devils. No. Uh, WWE and UFC have come together. They are now TKO is the, uh, the name of their group. And with that, obviously there was last week, I think it was like last Thursday, the news came out that there was a, a, a letter sent out to all 
not talent and everything, all like the corporate employees, all the office peeps to uh, work from home. And they were given the heads up like, hey, we're going to be doing layoffs because of the merger. And so everybody work from home and then we'll follow back up after that. And I think I've seen number like something like a hundred people got released wildly high. Um, but which is sad. It's always sad when people lose their jobs, but also it's like the nature of the beast when two massive companies merge together and they have a lot of people in certain departments that probably do the same job. And they're like, I don't really need double the size of this department. I could get by with the same size and maybe a few extra people. So it happens. It's really unfortunate. Um, Ari, what is his last name? I always want to say Ari Aster, but that's the director. (laughs) Ari something. Like I said, we're off the cuff here. So this Ari guy, he is the new CEO of TKO Enterprises. Um, But it was said after the layoffs, the corporate layoffs or firings, whatever you want to call it, um, that, you know, eventually talent cuts were coming. After the layoffs, there was a, a WWE staff meeting. They talked about it, and Ari Emanuel, that's his name. Vince referred to Ari as his boss, which would probably be interesting to hear Vince say that about someone else, that they are his boss, because uh, he hasn't had a boss in a very, very long time. Um, and Vince made a comment about saying that the company had plateaued, and it stagnated in its growth, and the merger was necessary, and yada, 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 which... I mean, I'm not going to say the merger isn't going to be good for them. You know, they're going to continue to make money hand over fist, if I'm using that term correctly or saying it right. But, I mean, to say it's stagnated and plateaued, there's numbers that you could point at to say, did it really? You sure about that? You sure about that? That's why? Like, did you not just want to find a way to ham-fish your way back in here? But I'm, I'm not going to get off on those, those theories. But that's what a lot of people are saying. And rolling their eyes and thinking was like, yeah, okay, Vince. Um, you know, it it's bad optics. It's like before the layoffs happened, like news broke about the massive like multi million dollar bonuses that high up people like McMahon, Khan, Triple H, etc. And the company got, and then it's like, and a hundred people got got laid off. And it's it's really unfortunate, but it is part of. Uh, you know, business and the way it is, uh, in America. What, what an amazing, uh, economics <laughs> seminar I just gave. It's a part of business in America and stuff. Uh, that, that was like attached to that was there things that today, the other massive news, like I mentioned was the NBC universal deal. So to back up a second, SmackDown, I heard there was some scuttlebutt you know, going around the last couple of weeks that Fox may not be interested in renewing that deal. They, they had the, the billion-dollar deal. I think it was like 250 a year for the past four years, yeah, 250 mil. And there was a lot of talk that Fox – there was things going on um, that made people read the tea leaves and think that Fox may not be interested in doing that again that while SmackDown's done very well for them, they may not be getting financially what they want out of it based on what they were putting in. The one thing I read, which was funny, was I forgot who it was who used this as a thing. I'm tempted to say Meltzer, but I can't say for sure. So I don't want to throw any of all the things I, I may uh, 
throw on Meltzer and say he said. I don't, you know, want to say if not 100% positive. So, but it was at like uh, Ryan Satin's Out of Character podcast, which was like Fox's po- on Fox's podcast network at the axe. And I was like, oh, there's another sign. Fox may not be interested, but it very well could be true. And even farther shown that it could have been true because they got $1.4 billion over the next five years with NBC Universal. SmackDown's now going to USA, which is where it was prior to going to Fox. Um, and sorry, hold on one second. I don't know if you guys are hearing that on my mic, but that is uh, Kim Wexler yelling extremely loud on an episode of Better Call Saul, which I had on in the background while I was working on my computer and forgot to uh, pause before I hit record here. SmackDown now back on, on USA. The Raw rights are still out there, apparently. The NXT rights are still out there, apparently. Raw, up until Monday Night Football returning, was doing good numbers. Um, an increase in ratings. NXT, thanks to bringing on some main roster talent, Becky Lynch going down there, women, winning the women's world title. They're doing good ratings right now. Yes, I want to... Every, <laughs> side rant, here we go. Um, I saw someone on Twitter the other day. And or I'm sorry, X. And they said that, remember when everybody got mad because Vince got rid of the black and gold and made it more, made NXT more sports entertainment-y? Um, well, now look at the great ratings they were doing. Vince was right. Eh, wrong. Uh, NXT 2.0 was the shits. And then Triple H got back and got more back in power when Vince left. And they're not rainbow anymore, by the way. They're back to being black and gold. And... While there are people down there doing a lot of good work, I cannot lie to that, um, they also have been boosting the ratings by sending down Dominic, Rhea Ripley, uh, Becky Lynch, some of the hottest acts on the main roster, have helped boost those ratings. So no, Vince was not right. Just want to throw that side right out there. But back to the crazy day of news we're talking about. So what happens with Raw? What happens with NXT? I don't know if I mentioned it, because I got distracted like eight times, but the... um. Part of the NBC deal is there's going to be quarterly specials on NBC, which will be the first time since whenever the last Saturday night's main event was that they did on NBC, which I think could have been back in like 2008. I have a vague memory of Evander Holyfield in the ring with MVP. I'm not making this up, people. Google it. Um, but it's been a long time. So that that is wild. Uh I don't know if the the deal being announced separately for SmackDown, like you'd imagine if Raw was included, there'd be some kind of like, you know, NBC drops this amount of money for um, all WWE televised program or whatever. Because they got the Peacock deal too. And you got to wonder, they merged with UFC, who's doing their thing with ESPN. It, it, it just, so many interconnected tendrils if you will to this situation uh to see how it play out but let's get to beyond that all the business mumbo jumbo um the talent cuts that are happening today as we speak so it all started kind of like trickling out right because uh i like of the names that got released like mustafa ali announced that he was released emma announced he was released um other names on the list initially were Aliyah who also announced that they were released. They kind of like put it out there themselves. And that's when the floodgates kind of started to open after that. Um, since then it's been preferred. It's been confirmed. Riddick Moss 
Madcap Moss, whatever you would like to call him, released. Uh, Elias. Elias! <laughs> I realized that was like an inside joke that I don't think everybody will get. Um, released. Yeah, you can go ahead and make your joke now. Yes, Ezekiel is released too. Uh, there's another smaller name. Rick Boogs. Rick Boogs got released. Um, unfortunate, you know, I'm sure Matt, Matt, Pat McAfee's crushed. And, uh, those were like the first initial batch of names, right? And none of them really like stuck out. Mustafa Ali was a little like, n- not funny. Cause it's, like I said, always sad when people lose their jobs. I don't want to see anybody out of work, but it was like a year or so ago when Mustafa Ali was like, I want out. And WWE was like, no. <laughs> and now they're like, all right. Yeah. Now we gotta, we gotta trim the fat here. Now you can go. Um, but yeah, like all those names at first, it was like, oh yeah, okay, I I, I can kind of see it. They're not doing anything with any of those people. Um, I understand. Then a couple more interesting names came through the list. One was Shelton Benjamin, who ever since the Hurt Business haven't really been doing much with him either. So I get it. Um, you know, it's still like a really good veteran to have back there, especially to work with like younger talent, even if it's in more of a backstage capacity. But okay, I get it. The one name that was kind of the most surprising name so far Dolph Ziggler no longer with WWE which it's wild in the sense that he's one of those guys that you just be like yeah he's always going to be there you know yeah Dolph Dolph will always be there you know he's like you know they're they're writing TV or something or you know they have they got to fill a hole on a, a live event or something or like what do we do oh, hey, Dolph go wrestle 15 minutes all right and, you know, he could do it. Dolph's like, he's a constant in that he's very good in the ring and you can just throw him out there to, you know, when you need him to, as you've seen throughout his career. So it's just wild after, God, what's been, I mean, he started with the Spirit Squad. That was back in OVW back in 2004 or five. So, I mean, almost like 20 years he was with the company and now he's gone. But if I had to imagine the person looking at the spreadsheet, at the uh, the P and L, at the uh, the numbers, may have seen that I'd imagine Dolph was making pretty good money because he's been there a long time, and he's obviously someone WWE liked having around and trusted because he was talented. Um, he may have been making a pretty good bit amount of money, and so maybe that's why he ended up getting the axe. That's unfortunate. Dolph's such an interesting case, you know. There were so many moments in time where I felt like, yeah, they're gonna go, and then they didn't. And then it got to a point where it felt like it's just been too long. There's been so many missed opportunities or not capitalized on moments in time that, you know, he kind of is what he is in the eyes of the fan as far as his credibility as if you try to make him like a main eventer or have that big run with him. But I mean, you still can't deny. Like, I still remember his cash in on um, Alberto Del Rio. After WrestleMania 27, I believe, the night after. So that had been 12 years ago now. Awesome. Crowd popped huge. I was smarky little 18-year-old Mike, and I was going nuts for it because I was like, this Dolph dude, he's he's charismatic. Like, say what you want about his promos. His, like, his, the way he carried himself, you know, to the ring was cocky, charismatic. He could fucking work his ass off he could make anybody look good i was like i'm fucking all about this dude i thought he was awesome and that was great and then he got a concussion that title run didn't go the way we all would have hoped and you know 
There was the Survivor Series elimination where he was the last surviving member, last surviving member to uh, take the authority out of power. But that was after Sting debuted to help him, so it felt like Dolph did it. But it's not about Dolph. Those kind of things. Um, I mean, hell, he got great matches out of the Miz. And as you know, part of my gimmick here, maybe really part of me, <laughs> is that I'm not a big Miz guy. So get you get a great match out of the Miz, damn, you know. You get a big check mark in my book. So that that's kind of the biggest name on the releases so far that is surprising uh, to an extent. Names are still coming in, or at least we're still waiting. I imagine there's going to be more. Apparently there are, I know Sean Ross Sapp says there are expected to be some cuts at the Performance Center, so that could be some names that people don't really know of or heard of. They could be people with very little wrestling experience who have been down there training and haven't really picked it up yet, and so they're going to get rid of some people to trim the fat there. Who knows? I'm expecting, like, there's going to be one big name that we're going to be like, whoa. Like, I feel like ever since... I don't know, like, very often, WWE feels like they drop a big name in like their mass releases but especially ever since like the fox deal like remember like their business exploded after the fox deal like after they like some of the biggest things for them business wise was when they signed the fox deal and then got dropped their own network and went to peacock their business exploded and, and then it felt like whenever they were, cause basically ever since then there was the vibe of they're preparing for a sale and then COVID happened and they had to make cuts there. But then even after that, it was like, they're, it feels like they're preparing for a sale. So there's a lot of like trimming the fat moments, a lot of budget cuts and release moments. And it felt like every time it'd be a bunch of wrestlers where you'd be like, Oh no, I kind of get it. I get it. And there'd be like that one name dropped in there. you are like, Whoa, Braun Strowman got released. Whoa, Bray Wyatt got released. I feel like there's going to be one name in here. We're going to be shocked by. I don't know who it could be. The other big news they dropped today was that they're going to Perth for Elimination Chamber 2024. So that's cool. Perth is in Australia, for those who don't know. Letting you know. So let's see. Who's a big Australian star? Grayson Waller. Give me a minute. I'll think of another one. <laughs> There's got to be another one I'm missing. Maybe someone else big from Australia that they'll throw in like a big match there. Nothing comes to mind. Nothing whatsoever. Grayson Waller versus Roman Reigns. Three stages of hell match. I don't know. I can't think of another Australian star. This is wild. Aussie Open doesn't wrestle for him. Those are the only people that are coming to mind. It's Grayson Waller and Aussie Open and no one else. Oh, Jay White. Oh, you think he's New Zealand? New Zealand? New Zealand? I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, shit. Is Grayson Waller the only Aussie signed to WWE? I'm sure someone's yelling at their phone right now listening to this, going, you fucking idiot. This is the other person. I can't think of one. But as we keep an eye on the big news happening, a couple other happenings and goings-ons in the last couple of weeks. Um, well, speaking of talent cuts, there's some contracts coming up. That news came out. Apparently, like, I guess in, in 2024, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, and Becky Lynch's contracts are all going to be coming up. Now, I imagine... All three of those have a Becky Lynch for sure. Drew and Sheamus, very good possibility. This will all be resigned. But I think it's funny that it's like all UK people. Like I guess they all got signed on the same day. <laughs> and uh, that was UK signing day. 
the third month, third Wednesday, the third month of the year. That's when we sign all the UK stars, and then we'll get everybody else at a different time. Another contract that's apparently coming up, I believe, in 2024 as well, is the contract of one L.A. Knight. Yeah. And the the, uh, rumor and innuendo is that they are not exactly, I don't want to say close, but they have not come to terms on a deal, and they could still be apart money-wise. I don't think L.A. Knight will end up walking. He's in the midst of his the biggest push and the most exposure he's ever seen. But I could imagine him being like, Hey, I'm white hot right now. So you got to pay me like I'm white hot right now, or I'm going to walk and take all this somewhere else. And we could see E lie Drake yeah. show up in GCW. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? I imagine he has a little bit of leverage right now, but who knows? They're third, you know, they're pinching pennies right now because, uh, of the merger that made him a bunch of money. I don't know. I don't know how business works. All right. Don't ask me, people. Also, last week, Pat McAfee was doing his show. And uh, The Rock was a guest. For those who don't know anything about wrestling, that's Dwayne Johnson of Fast and the Furious, The Tooth Fairy, uh, Scorpion King, Hobbs and Shaw, if you will. Uh, one of the bad DC movies. <laughs> And the Roman Reigns WrestleMania thing got brought up. And The Rock talks about how, you know, talks about how awesome of a guy Nick Khan is. And how Nick Khan and some people, they they were came over to talk about it. And he, he plugged his tequila. And so they were all drinking some, tra- uh, some Trace Mon or whatever it's called. And his words were, it was locked in. Those are pretty, like, big words to use there to say, yeah, it was locked in. It was a fucking go, dude. Rock, Roman. But then he started saying that it didn't happen because they were really trying to think of something different they could do, you know? Where WrestleMania wouldn't be the end of something, but it'd be the beginning of something even bigger that the fans have never seen before. And the the cynical person in me was like, oh, The Rock wanted to get his win back. Or The Rock wanted to beat him and then put over Roman. That's the cynical person in me. I doubt The Rock really gave a fuck. But that's the cynical person in me thinking that's what he was trying to say. Kind of like the Cena twofer thing there. But then he shows up on SmackDown. It's like a day or two. I think it was the same day that that episode of McAfee happened. Um, Surprise return on SmackDown. Place goes absolutely ballistic. Does crazy numbers. And so now there's all this talk of like, uh oh, is The Rock gonna do it this year? WrestleMania 40 in Philly, is The Rock coming? Meanwhile, Cody's just kicking shit backstage. <laughs> um, that would be hilarious in a sense, because <laughs> like, as amazing as Cody is, and as badly as I want to see him, to use his own term, finish his story. And he should be the guy to do it. I mean, if The Rock says, yeah, I'll, I'll do Mania. Like, you know WWE is not going to be like, uh, sorry, but I got this thing going with Cody, you know? So, sorry about it. Maybe next time, Dwayne. We got Dusty's kid. <laughs> like, I don't mean to sound dismissive of Cody. That, that was tongue-in-cheek. But, like, you know that the megastar that The Rock is and, you know, outside of WWE, that's obviously what they would go with. So it's an unfortunate situation. So I'm saying, 
they redo one of the most like how of hated is the term one of the most like ill remembered main events in WrestleMania history, which was WrestleMania 2000, the uh, McMahon in every corner. And I think they should redo that. Um, and we can do Roman, Rock, Cody, and L.A. Knight. Yeah! I mean, that's the only way. You got, you got these three guys. They're all big stars. They're all white hot. And then you got Roman, who's also white hot, big star. You know, got to have a four-way match. Got to do it. I am on uh, X.com right now, <laughs> which... Uh, you type that in, it just goes to twitter.com. There was a moment of fear as I typed in x.com that I was like, what is going to come up? But, you know, see some of the things that are trending. One of the things that that was that were trending earlier was uh, Johnny Gargano. And I was like, what? He's not released. And I clicked on it. And it was just a bunch of people making tweets towards him and Ciampa being like, don't pick up the phone. <laughs> Damn, why do you think they're going to get released? It's messed up. Tony Khan was trending, obviously, for a multitude of reasons. Um, one tweet I saw that <laughs> made me laugh, not saying it's accurate, but it started out with like a good point. It was like, FYI, every wrestler that gets released doesn't need to go to AW. There are other promotions out there. True. And then the second sentence was, also, Tony Khan can't book for shit. <laughs> It's like, good point, and then throw in the fucking dig there at the end. Oh, boy. At least that's one thing these moments are good for, you know? You can go on Twitter and just see all the crazy shit people are saying and doing. Speaking of Tony Khan, while the news settles down for a sec, some AEW stuff. Jade Cargill's gone. How about that, people? Big mistake, I think. You know, they left on good terms or part of ways on good terms. Uh, she came back, did that match with Statlander, put her over, um, came to the back, got a standing ovation. Tony said in some interview or, or something he was doing when asked about it, just said like, he can't really comment on what she's doing next or anything, but you know, he, she's great. They have a great relationship, wishes her the best. And, you know, they'd be happy to work with her again in the future if that's what happens. But, I mean, you put the WWE marketing machine behind Jade Cargill, sheesh. I mean, I think they're going to make ridiculous money. I don't think she goes to NXT. Apparently, it's like a protocol that anybody who gets signed does a run through the Performance Center. Like, just, you know, get a feel for things, how WWE does stuff, I guess, or whatever. But I couldn't imagine... I know she's still, most people would say she still has a way, like, has, still has room to grow from an in-ring standpoint, but she's just, look at her. I mean, she's got the look, she carries herself like a fucking star, um, she's charismatic, like, they can, they can, the in-ring will continue to grow as time goes on. So, her standing across the ring from Rhea Ripley, let's go. Let's do that. I'm looking forward to that. A lot of people pointing out, like, wow, you announced that, as I mentioned earlier, you announced that $1.4 billion deal, and this and that and the other, and then you start cutting superstars. I'm not saying it's right. It's not. Like, I wish WWE would be in the, like, one thing I think Tony Khan does do very well, and he's done it with everybody who no longer works there, is he, unless they want out and he agrees to let them out, 
in a similar, like William Regal said, Hey, I want to go back and I'm not going to be on TV. I'm going to be behind the scenes and I want to work with my son. And Tony said, okay. Um, but wrestler wise, he honors the contract. Once it's up, I'm not going to resign you. I can't resign everybody, but I mean, I'm going to, I sign a contract. You expect a wrestler to honor a contract, then you should probably honor it yourselves. Um, but you know, until there's a, a proper union in the business, shit like that just is not going to unfortunately happen. John Cena tweeted 1,554 matches at Hill Ziggler. Hashtag respect. It's the first John Cena tweet I've read in a long time where I didn't immediately start bashing my head into the wall because most of his tweets are just obnoxious, inspirational, hallmark bullshit. September 20th, he tweets, experience the experience. Go fuck yourself, John. Never forget your why while striving to achieve the what. Thanks for the fucking advice. Go write a self-help book. Uh, other AW news <laughs> is... Uh, so Grand, Grand Slam happened last night. I'm recording here on a, on a Thursday, on a thirsty Thursday. And a couple injuries. They had to call an audible in the Mox vs. Phoenix match. Which was very awkward because, well, first things first, Mox um, sounds like he got concussed. And so, called an audible. He, Penta hits a pile driver. Mox didn't kick out. The problem is that, unlike a lot of wrestling promotions, and this is something I think wrestling promotions should do, is a lot of them tell their, rest, their refs, like, treat it like a shoot if they don't get their shoulder up that's on them as the performer as the wrestler that ain't on you so you call it like it's legit they don't bring their shoulder up you hit three and that's the way it should be instead of having moments where the ref just stops at two and the guy doesn't kick out and then it just the whole crowd it makes the ref look like a dumbass and uh puts heat in the wrong place but that's how w or aw they don't do it like that so Rick Knox looked goofy, and then they did another pile driver, and, and he eventually, I think Mox told him, like, what are you doing? Count the fucking three. But he got helped up. He apparently got to the back on his own power. It sounds like it was a concussion, but he's doing all right. On the other hand, though, there is uh, Adam Cole Bebe. During the main event of Grand Slam, Smojo versus MJF in his hometown for the AW World title, Joe has Friedman. I just wanted to say it like that to see how weird it would feel. <laughs> Joe has MJF in a in his rear naked choke, and Cole comes running down to the the ring. And they did one of the uh, the ramp gimmicks last night where the ramp just went all the way and connected to the ring, so it didn't like go down to the ground and have the space in between it. And so Cole comes running down and then he jumps off the side of it. And when he does that, he jumps off of it, and then he comes up limping, like noticeably limping. And, you know, they, they go through the match. They do the finish and everything. MJF, you know, lightly cheats, choking Joe out with, uh, I believe it was like his wrist tape, and then puts the rear naked choke in and, and gets the win. And um, But Cole was still limping. And uh, according to reports, he went to the uh, had to go to the hospital afterwards, was in pain, and was seen on crutches. So, that's unfortunate. On the other side, the upside, 
small upside if it's not a serious injury. It would be kind of funny of a shot backstage of Roddy standing there in his neck brace. And then Cole just comes limping into the frame on his crutches. (laughs) And that is what rekindles their friendship and saves everything. That would be a, that'd be beautiful. Um, Hopefully they're all right. Russell dream coming up obviously. And they would not want to have their most hottest act. Not there. Another big point on that grand slam show is Eddie fucking Kingston, man dethrones Claudio Castagnoli and becomes the new ROH world champion, dual champion right now. Cause he's also the, uh, NJPW never open weight champion. So that's fucking awesome. I know I made jokes and I think it was our last AW pay-per-view prediction about how like Eddie Kingston is just too mad though. Sometimes. Um, but all joking aside, you gotta love Eddie Kingston. Very. I don't want to say, I'll say very few, but he's in a special group of wrestlers that just come across a hundred percent like genuine when you see him, you're like, Oh yeah, that that's Eddie Kingston. He was on um, an episode of Conrad and Tony Schiavone's what happened when podcast. And they were rewatching some AJPW match and Kingston picked the match. And so they had him come on for the live rewatch and right off the bat, he like comes into the call and he's like, and he starts like yelling. He's like, can you fucking hear me now? It's just like, it's just so Eddie Kingston, <laughs> like just hard, hard not to love him. Uh, and while we're here, I meant to pull this up, but I didn't because I'm a jabroni and I forgot to do it. So I'm gonna pull this up real quick. AEW Wrestle Dream, October 1st, Seattle, Washington, Climate Pledge Arena. Let's take a look at the card so far. So we got uh, the match that is currently on the uh, the poster for it, which is Daniel Bryanson. Daniel Bryanson, the fuck did I just say? Brian Danielson. Brian with a Y, obviously, versus Zack Sabre Jr. in a singles match. That should be a banger. Uh, hopefully, we got 10 days. They can do some some work to, to sell that one and not just lean on it being two really good in-ring wrestlers, so you will love it. Um, which, I mean, for a large chunk of the audience will be good enough. And for me, I'll, I'll tune in. But I'm a sucker for, one, I, Brian Danielson is the greatest wrestler to do it in the last 15, 20 years. And... Two, and I have like a weird thing where I just love the Zack Sabre Jr. joint manipulation. Kind of shit he does. I love it. Uh, Hangman Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland. Let's go. Let's get like, Strickland into like a good program with another prominent like main event name. Those are two guys who could both use some more important stuff to be going on. Not to spoil anything. Spoiler alert for those who want to get spoiled about Rampage. We'll sound the alarm here. Uh, see if we can get the soundbite of the episode of Spongebob where they're Patrick's on the walkie-talkie going, wee-woo. That will be our spoiler alert alarm. Uh, the Hung Bucks, Adam Page, and um, those other guys who ousted my favorite wrestler from the company. Now, Adam Page and the Young Bucks defeated Mogul Embassy to become the ROH six-man tag team champions on Rampage, so... Look forward to that in the main event. But yeah, Page versus Strickland, that could be... That's like... I don't know if I'd go as far as to call it a sleeper, but who knows? That could be match of the night. Dare I say it? A match with... Uh, on a night where uh, the American Dragon is facing Zack Sabre Jr., could Adam Page and Swerve Strickland pull off the upset and be match of the night? I'm not ruling it out. Let's just do more with Swerve. 
all about some swerve. Uh, FTR versus Aussie Open. AEW World Tag Team Championship. FTR has been doing like the open challenges and beating up jabronis. Um, and then Aussie Open was like, hey, we're jabronis. That's not true. They're not jabronis. But they're like, we've won some matches. We want a thing. Because, you know, that was the thing AEW said they were going to do. Is like, wins and losses were going to matter. And then like, I don't know, a year into the company, TK was like, ah, fuck it. I'll just do battle royals and ladder matches and tournaments whenever the fuck I feel like it. Um, yeah, that should be like another really good one. Aussie Open, they can obviously they can they can go and FTR is the greatest tag team in the world, so that'd be good. One. And then we have that cannot be right. You got to be shitting me. Better than you, baby. Adam Cole and MJF, the hottest act in the company. Uh, MJF, the biggest star in the company. Defending the ROH World Tag Team Champions against the Righteous, Vincent and Dutch. Now the Righteous does have they got a, kind of a cool gimmick band. They got a cool look. I like their entrance theme, all that. But so I'm not I'm not shitting on them. But better than like really, like after your last pay per view where we got better than you, baby versus the Dark Order. Now we're doing the Righteous. Huh. Well, that'll sell some pay-per-views. To quote Tony Schiavone, as instructed by Eric Bischoff, that'll put butts in seats. That's all that's announced for WrestleDream so far. That show's coming up in 10 days. Following that show, we got full gear a good ways after that one. So I don't know why I thought they like crammed those in really close to each other, but they didn't. Speaking of cramming in pay-per-views, though, uh, there was scuttlebutt that AEW could be going to 12 months, 12 pay-per-views a year and going to max HBO max to clarify. I don't know what, if anybody didn't decipher what I meant there, but yeah, going to HBO max with 12 pay-per-views a month. It once again, takes away from what part of their original message statement was as a company, but they've done that in a lot of facets. So whatever. And it's a business decision. So I can't argue with it. Max did announce like a new like deal they're doing where, like through the Bleacher Report add-on on HBO Max, which I think the Bleacher Report add-on would be like another 10 or 15 bucks onto your HBO Max uh, subscription. You will get live sports such as NHL games, NBA games, MLB games if you're a 65-year-old dude who likes MLB still. Um, it's alienating part of my audience. <laughs> that was announced. It didn't say anything about AEW, but there has been rumors that AEW could possibly be be following suit. Like, there's another thing though. Like they started this company, and obviously the the vision and the direction have, has changed, um, very much so from where it first started. But you know, it so many things that they said at the beginning are are totally opposite. All right, we're gonna have more sports, you know, like presentation, not real sports entertainment anymore. Sports like presentation, and then you know, next thing we know, we got Jericho and MJF doing musical routines um which people were just like yeah but you know jericho and mjf they're so entertaining so whatever it's fine okay um you know as i mentioned earlier wins and loss records they're gonna matter and then they really don't anymore like they put them on the like wrestler name plates or whatever at the bottom of the screen the lower thirds that you know when the wrestlers come out but they don't fucking matter they matter when they want them to. 
um, which isn't that often anymore. Except for like when Aussie Open, like in their promo, we were like, "Hey, we beat this team at this show, and then beat this team at that show." So we deserve, like, you know, we don't need to waste time keeping tracks of these, you know. Probably, if you went back and looked at it, bullshit wins and loss records that no one really cares about because you're not really gonna use them that often. Either use it or don't. Um, or like another example, you know, they are all about how like we're gonna not force, we're not gonna you know try to tell wrestlers who to like. You know, we're not going to confiscate signs and, and we're not going to, you know, censor like the fans' voices. Now, what do they do? All out. CM Punk signs. For sure, that was confirmed. They were taking signs. Allegedly, they were taking t-shirts. Like, it's bullshit. Like, they continually... I, I don't I'm trying to decide how far down this rant I want to go because I don't want it to come across like I'm just hammering AEW because I really not. Sometimes I can get really critical of them because they are that they have that opportunity to be that big that big alternative that we just wanted for so long in the wrestling sphere. Basically, ever since ECW went out of business and WCW got bought and <laughs> and Impact and you know TNA slash Impact was TNA slash Impact um, in in their crazy wild history. Um, we've wanted like that good alternative for so long and not just like I didn't I was never thinking like you know what I want I want another WWE I want something on the level of them but have that different feel to it and an AEW in a lot of ways still is but there's just like a handful of things that in their opening mission statement outside of you know whatever the stadium is uh, where, where the Jags play as Cody stood at that podium and, and, you know, Tony, Tony Khan wasn't even, I don't even, don't even know if he spoke at that. It was all the wrestlers talking. There was just so many things they said, like, this is what we're going to be. And this is what we're going to do. And they haven't been. So, and I, I just, I get a little, I get frustrated by it. Cause I'm like, Hey, I think if you were some of those things you said you were going to be, it would be awesome. And I don't know why you don't. I just realized that in mentioning who got released, I did forget to mention that Top Dollar got released. He was one of the ones that uh, got released and then got brought back. Because remember, all of Hit Row got released. Swerve signed with AEW, and then Triple H brought the rest of the group back and didn't really pan out, work out too well for him. But, uh, yeah, Top Dollar's out too, unfortunately. Someone who could be coming back, though. Apparently, Randy Orton's been at the uh, Performance Center. Here, he's looking fucking yoked. Like when yoked, uh, yoked Viper right there. Does he, have, he had a back fusion surgery? I didn't know that. I knew it was a, it was a pretty, like, he's having a bad issue with his back. I don't know if he's a back, I have your neck fusion. I didn't even get your back fused. Oh, yeah. This, this report mentioned, earlier I was saying, apparently there's something where everybody has to go through the Performance Center, this report says when talent shows up or is returning, I guess Cody made a comment that W has a very strict rule that they have to work out in some capacity. Even The Undertaker couldn't avoid doing it. Oh, interesting. Well, there you go. So Cargill has to go do a workout, and uh, then she'll be on TV, Big Boot and everybody, and challenging Rhea Ripley. Main event. Oh, isn't Ripley Australian? Oh, shit, people. Did I forget that Mommy is Australian? Australian professional wrestler. Let's go. Rhea Ripley, Jade Cargill, main event, 
of Elimination Chamber. Let's do it. Book it, cowards. Fucking book it. I wonder if John Cena is going to come out at the Elimination Chamber in Perth and talk up Australia and be like, we need to bring a WrestleMania here. That was hilarious when he did that at uh, Money in the Bank. Just because he kind of like, I don't know if they actually, like in my head, my head canon is that they have no plans of doing one there. But now Cena's going to do this thing where every time they're at like an international place, he's going to cut a promo and be like, we need to bring a WrestleMania here and just keep putting all the heat on uh, Vince and company to do it. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Like when they were at the Superstar Spectacle in India, he was like, you know what we need? WrestleMania in India. Eventually Triple H just comes out and he's like, get, stop, get out of the ring, get out of the ring. Rumors going around about Tegan Knox possibly being released, but absolutely nothing confirming that. Sean Ross Sapp, according to his X account, is reaching out trying to get confirmation, but he has not heard anything. A lot of people on Twitter call <laughs> people on Twitter are just so mean. <laughs> like, I don't know what your like, no matter your opinion on Nia Jax, like it's unnecessary that all these releases are happening. You could be tweeting like, oh man. Like, I remember this, when Dolph Ziggler did this, one of my favorite moments of his career, like a positive thing. Instead, they're like, why don't you release Nia Jax? Jesus Christ, people. Do something, like, even a modicum more positive with your time. Like, get on a podcast and bitch about all the things AEW lied about in their initial, in their initial, like, you know, press conference. That's a positive thing to do. So, it looks like the releases have slowed down for now. Who knows? We could still get more news, more news coming out. So I think that's where I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this little impromptu pod. I'm sure I was like all over the place and I apologize. Uh, anything else crazy goes on. Maybe I'll just hop on again. Who knows? I kind of like this off the cuff thing I'm doing here. Just kind of being like, fuck it. I'm gonna hit the record button and see what happens. And we'll see how it comes out. And Adam will hate it when I'm just randomly like, Hey, new pod drop need edit post now. Thanks. <laughs> we'll see how he does with that. All right, guys. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Mike. Follow me at Town Alone, Mike. Please check out the website, townalone.com. It is literally the greatest sports website that's on the rise today. I've never seen anything like it, and I've been on the earth for 30 years. It's a long damn time. Um, follow Adam at Town Alone Adam, and I will talk to you guys later on. All right, never mind. I'm not leaving yet. Well, I did leave, but now I'm back. Uh, and I moved to a whole new location. Chicago, Illinois. I got on a train. And I came here just to speak with Adam about the Wrestle Dream card. Well, that being said, we've recorded three fucking podcasts in three days. So maybe you kind of did just come here to speak with me. Yeah, yeah. It's a good, it was a good uh, corporate trip. Getting business. All is getting written off my taxes. <laughs> every, every last ounce of it. Uh, Even all that cocaine you did? All the cocaine. I got a receipt from the dealer. Yeah. <laughs> you do receipts. Um, so you gotta invoice him first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the time someone got around to editing this. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you want to edit one of the 19 podcasts we recorded this week? I said someone. I don't know why you thought I was talking about you. <laughs> by the time this was edited, edited and ready to go up, collision happened. Rampage happened. 
at least I'm told I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> and uh, the Wrestle Dream car is now like totally different. Well, not different, but bigger, fatter, larger. Um, Just like the Dream himself. Yeah. So we wanted to talk, chat it up a bit about that. But first, what do you think of the Matt Riddle release? Because that was also news that was later from when I re- initially started recording. I hope him the best in opening a dispensary in Southern California and never being heard from again. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've heard no one make the, like, conspiracy theory that, like, oh, he has beef with, like, Dana White. Is that a thing? Oh, that is a thing, isn't it? He had a bad bad fallout when he left UFC because he kept getting suspended for marijuana. Matt Riddle is the Will Fuller of wrestling. Got suspended for drug use. Every year you think it's going to be his year. It never really breaks out. Neither one of them ever wore shoes. Maybe Kadarius Tony, the shoes thing. But... You know he never won an NXT title? Not even the North American? Maybe he was a North American for it, but like I feel like a lot of people would just think that like, oh, he probably won like you know, got his like obligatory NXT world title run. No, because he was wasn't he in NXT when uh Keith Lee was holding both titles? No, he he had been called up by then. Okay. But he was also down there at a time when like it was just so stacked, Aleister Black. Uh, Johnny kick him, in, kick him in the ding ding, Tommaso Ciampa. What was the highest moment in Matt Riddle's WWE career? Was it appearing on the Christian and Kate or Christian and Edge podcast? I forgot he was on that when one. they kept calling him a stallion. Stallion, yeah, <laughs> that was back when he was still likable to me. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Before no all the stuff, all the stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah he's last year he took a big hit publicly. <laughs> From like all the rumors and like reports about what was going on, and then I don't know. I guess they people have reported that he just like burned through too many chances, and he's probably making decent money. So and beyond that, like just stop smoking weed. Like if your company tells you, "Hey, bud, you can't smoke weed while you're working here," he never got in trouble for that. What was he getting popped for? He was take uh, the last time he got a drug suspended. It was something else. Steroids? Yeah, it wasn't weed. Is he doing dick dingers? I think he was doing dick dingers. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing dick dingers at the performance center is a problem. Uh, and then and that pisses Triple H off because Triple H doesn't like cocaine. Because yeah. then whatever it was, I know he did like that stint in uh, rehab was what the scuttlebutt was last time he was gone. Really? Yeah. You have to rehab for steroids? No. <laughs> uh, but Maybe no. he was doing dick dingers. But speaking of that. Once not- you're doing dry rip dick dingers, you know you got to go to you rehab. You got a problem. Uh, Despite that- what... <laughs> Success wise, Whitney Houston might say in WWE that probably was his highest point. Was like RK Bro. It wasn't for me. I didn't like it, but yeah, you hated RK Bro. It was just yeah, it was a little too like I just like the whole. Well, I'm like a dumb stoner, and you're like a series guy. Remember when Randy Orton put on night vision goggles to kill a bunch of old men? <laughs> There's so many weird. We could do a whole podcast on the weird fucking things they had Randy Orton did <laughs> do that were like, does no one remember that? <laughs> like he's tried to burn multiple men to death. The yeah. Fiend before that was the Undertaker. Okay, he's done some heinous things. He beat the shit out of uh, John Cena's dad. No. That was Edge who bitch slapped John Cena's yeah. dad. I want to say that Orton punt kicked him, though, as well. During one of their feuds, yeah. And then he also, uh, you know, attempted to, like, oh, he RKO'd Stephanie McMahon. And then Triple H did a B&E on his house. Really? <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're going to have to do a special edition podcast where we just go through all the crazy, fucked up, illegal, like, we should go Crimes. through every time that someone either broke into their their house or someone else showed up at their house and they had to talk to them at their house. Yeah. Like when uh, Arn Anderson showed up at Cody Rhodes' house and was <laughs> like, you kill him with this gun right now! You take this gun and you shoot him in the head! He was, was, he was, bur- he was just burning shit in the backyard. He was burning his suits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't even think he went and got... like. And, 
did he even make his presence known, or did Cody just finally notice? Cody him? found him outside. He, he was, was like, just. What the fuck like, are you doing? He was like, "Who's that homeless man? Oh, is that Arn? Why is Arn got a trash can fire going on? Are those my suits? Yeah. How'd you get those? Yeah, that's a, that's that's good shit. Uh, and then Rick Boogs, Wade guess, Boggs, mm-hmm. the boss hog himself, <laughs> posted a video to his uh, YouTube channel where he made the comment that. It's been an interesting time in my life with my job in WWE being terminated due to a backstage political power play. At least that's my opinion of it. So I, I don't want to be mean. I don't know the inner workings, but I don't think you were really a high up target. That's, on, uh, that's on, a pretty on low yeah. It's like the episode of It's Always Sunny when they're trying to bribe the uh, comptroller or get a bribe from the comptroller. Right. Like you got to aim higher, guys. Yeah, it feels like like in an NFL front office if like someone politic to get like. I don't know the guy in the mailroom fired. Yeah. <laughs> like, Why? Like, I don't get know. Nick Mullins uh, barred from the league. <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, maybe that's right. We'll, maybe SRS will get the big scoop. Scoop. We'll yeah. find out. Uh, anyway, on to Wrestle Dream. So we don't add another like hour and a half to this fucking podcast. Uh, well, you kept that one pretty brief. Forty minutes for you. Yeah, because it was very like off the cuff. I was just like, WWE news is happening. I hit record. Let's check John Cena's Twitter. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> you, want me, you want me to check it right now? <laughs> no, don't check it right now. He's going to be on there to speak in Mandarin. <laughs> I, I, there's like a, I was watching him like on, on SmackDown on Friday. Like I, I didn't get to watch it live. But I was like seeing like highlights and stuff on my phone. And he's so like, I think he needs to change his ring gear. What's it, his ring it, gear now? Is he still in the jorts? He's still, he's still in the jorts. It just looks so weird because he's like old and he's pale. fifty. <laughs> he's like pale and his hair is just not what it was, and he's not as like svelte. Dude, and you bulky. should see him in um, Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. It is the most shredded John Cena's ever been. Yeah, there's he, this, there's a naked scene in that that show, and he looks like the statues they give out to people that win Mister Universe competitions. Yeah, I feel like they should have. Well, also, I'm sure there's like some movie magic there. As far as like making his skin look, yeah, very, movie, like, movie magic is John Cena. No. He is the movie magic. Whatever. How, um, once again, we were joking about talking about John Cena, and yet somehow yeah. we are talking about John Cena. All right, we'll move on. Speaking of uh, someone way better than John Cena, um, it was a rough transition there, bud. I was trying to pick a really funny name to say after it. Yeah, that like wasn't at all better than John. Oh, okay, Cena. okay. Let's run it back. I'll let all you right. do your thing. Speaking of someone much better than John Cena. Oh, I still didn't get a name. <laughs> 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 all right. So do you want me to? Uh, real quick, before we get the new ones, the four that they already had announced, anything you'd like to say? Um, if you remember them. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what's going to go out better than you, Bebe, now that Adam Cole has shattered his leg. They did. Pieces. Um, like when they were doing like their quick, like, uh, writing down the, like of the card or whatever mm-hmm. for Wrestle Dream, they did mention that match still. So as of right now, it looks like it's happening. Okay. Um, but, you know, you kind of hit on this earlier. Uh, kind of a waste. I mean. I don't get it. Hottest act in the company, and you got them going against jobbers. I'm, they're uh, they're wrestling like some ROH tag team I've never heard of before. The Righteous. The yeah. team of Vincent and Dutch. Pretty sure that. Uh, fuck, I can't remember his name now. Seth MacFarlane. Not him. Um, Danny McBride's. Danny McBride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, and there was. I mean, Page and Swerve, you said you were, yeah, you were on that. Yeah, that one I'm super into. I fucking love Swerve Scott. Like, I used to love Hangman Page. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, unfortunately, CM Punk just took his little baby dick out over and over again <laughs> on stage. And it kind of killed him. Like, it, as much as I'm, like, the CM Punk hater to your CM Punk apologist, mm-hmm. and the uh, I was always, like, the Adam Page guy, even when you kind of weren't that into it, mm-hmm. 
there's only so many times you can watch a man be emasculated in front of you before you start going, I don't think this guy's that badass anymore. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I've been to Chicago. I've been to Chicago three days and I haven't ran to CM Punk once. So <laughs> <laughs> trip wasted. I have to get him next time. All right. So anything else or can we want to get to the new match? No, let's get to the new matches. All right. So let's talk about the lesser ones first. No offense, woman. Uh, I thought you were going to say the eight-man tag. No. That's the lesser one. Chris Statlander defending her TBS title against Julia Hart. I think this match is going to be a low-key banger. I think they've been really? keeping Julia Hart quiet because I think that this is going to be one of those times where it's like, she's ready. Like, huh. it, it kind of has that feel about it. Like, they've kept her so quiet. They've kept her, you know, as a, mostly a manager on TV. And then suddenly they're doing TBS title. Something, something, something's Comes up, up. I mean, Yeah, she's been having, like, matches here and there against lesser Yeah, but it's, job, it's mostly jobbers. Like, yeah. she's, not ha- she's not having 12, 15-minute matches. Right. This will be like her first long match, really. Yeah, since I, she and I, I think Chris Tatlander can fucking go. I'm a big Chris Tatlander guy. Oh yeah, big fan of Chris Tatlander. So I, I, I think this one might has some some quiet banger potential. I think it's gonna be the best women's match of the night. Is it the only one? As of right now, it's the only <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, we'll have to wait and see if they add something for Soraya to do. Yeah, I'm digging the the Tony Storm. It's been so good. Yeah, I love that. Like it was she like started like getting into that like kind of character, like more towards the end of the Outcast. Yeah, and then now she's like, that's her thing. So she's yeah. like, she's like the one person. Well, I guess you can't say that Soraya came out of the Outcast worse because she's the women's champion. But like character, entertaining wise, I feel like she came out of it the best. Tony Storm went into that feud having never said anything on AEW, or that that faction having never said anything on AEW television, and came out as the best character in the women's division history. Yeah, and unfortunately, I guess like Ruby Riot's the other one out. Because I'm not sure what they're doing with her Ruby now. Soho. Ruby Soho. Sorry, my bad. But she's. I mean, you know. It was fun that they handed her a faction. You know, it didn't. It never really got over the hump. But she's just there to be a good hand. I mean, that's yeah. Like when she first got signed, the women's division was really weak. It's a lot stronger now. Now she can just be a good hand, and that works fine. Yeah. Um, we got Eddie Kingston against Katsuyori Shibata, which this Isn't one is. It, this how many is saying. Times this match happened. I don't think it's happened recently. Has it? it feels like a match has happened six or seven times. No, it hasn't. No. <laughs> um, Match for the uh, both are well according to Wikipedia. I'm not, not a, I guess peer. So. What is he a peer champion? You about to say they're both ROH champions? No, it says singles match for. Oh no, that that's right. The peer championships, the ones not on the line. It's the ROH World Championship and Kingston's Strong Openweight Championship are both in the line. That's a shit deal. He's got to put both his on the line, but Shabai doesn't have to put his. Yeah. If Kingston was walking around with every ROH belt, how long do you think it would take you to know he was carrying every ROH belt? I think it would take me like two or three weeks to figure that out. I mean, it would take a minute considering like, I feel like every time I'd think like, oh, he's got them all. I'd be like, oh yeah, they have that belt too. Fuck man. Same thing with like New Japan. Now because New Japan's strong, they have all these titles. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Uh, but that's, this should be a banger. I'm looking forward to it. Loving Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Uh, that last tag match that uh, Shibata worked. Really fucking sold me on him. I mean, like... Yeah, you're big on that. Yeah, I already knew he was good, but that was, like, the best fucking match of the night. It, like, I, I get that they, they're like, oh, let's do Kingston versus Shibata, because Kingston's, like, he fucking loves Japanese wrestling, and Shibata's been good for them, and, you know, it, it just feels kind of like a pay-per-view match. Just just give me uh, Wheeler Yuta against Shibata. Singles match. I can watch that 16 or 17 times, but not... 18. Not 18. Did you uh, you remember that little like clip I sent you on Twitter of that old Shibata match where he tried fucking to kick punch that the guy in the head? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Got a little bit too much of that. <laughs> uh, let's see. We also have Christian Cage against Darby Allen. Two out of three falls for the TNT Championship. Since Christian Cage is now 
rightfully the TNT champion. I've initially, when this happened, I was big on it. I've kind of soured on it just a little bit over the last like what twelve hours. Yeah. yeah. Just I was thinking about this. It's like ah, it does kind of kill how fun the gimmick was that he was walking around with the belt even though he didn't technically have the belt. Like I like the way they did it with having him pin Luchasaurus, who I almost called Junglesaurus. Um, but I it does kind of kind of kill part of the gimmick with that. It hurts a little bit. And then also, I don't know how much I need to see Christian Cage work a two out of three falls match. What's that? That's slander there. Are you trying to say Christian can't He's go? a great character, and he's been great in kind of the gimmick matches or the shorter mm-hmm. matches he's done so far. But he's, like, in his 50s. Do we really think he's going to work, like, an excellent 55-minute two out of three falls match? I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Really? You hate Darby Allen. Yeah, well. I also, I think now the story is basically just about building tension until luchasaurus finally like is no longer blinded by christian cage yeah yeah so There's, how many times can they run that story back because they kind of did it with jungle boy now they're doing it luchasaurus how many more people can christian cage mentor and then betray i mean no, i'm pretty sure you can keep going as long as there's dead dads in the world <laughs> <laughs> i think he did say last night that he was dedicating his title win to buddy wayne did he really yeah <laughs> It's pretty good. All right, the two matches with a fuckload of people. Let's, which one should we do first? Let's do uh, the one you shat on earlier, even though you called it an eight-man it's a six-man. Uh, Jericho and the Golden Elite. That was including God. Including God. Both teams. Uh, no, Don Callis is on the other side. Uh. <laughs> Chris Jericho and the Golden Elite, team of Kenny Omega and Kota Bushi against the Don Callis family, Kenoshige Takeshita, Sammy Guevara, and Will Ospreay. This is a dumb match. Yeah. I So... I'm sorry. I thought the whole Sammy and Jericho thing was fucking dumb and boring and uninspiring. Yeah. Like, you couldn't think of anything more interesting to do. Like, maybe don't do that. Like, I've, I've hated it literally since coming out of All In, where they went into the ring, and then they were, like, passive-aggressive and took shots at each other, and then Jericho was like, let's, you know what we need to do? Just go ahead and, like, team up. Yeah. Why? Like, we've seen that, like, a billion times, and they do that little thing for a couple weeks, and then, surprise, surprise, after their match against each other, like, I think part of them, there's someone in there that was like, no, everybody will think Jericho will turn, but Guevara is going to turn. It's like, no, everybody thought Guevara was going to turn. Yeah. And if anything, the one, like, silver lining is Guevara sure should have turned because Guevara is a shit baby face. Yeah. So they tried to run that again. I'd be really concerned. He's so dislikable. Just look his face. Everything about him, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, I don't know what's up with Chris Jericho where he refuses to wrestle if he's not in a faction anymore. I don't know when that happened. But since the start of AEW, he's like, I'm going to be in a faction. Oh, you know what? Some of the LAX is leaving this faction. We're going to replace them with Daddy Magic and Cool Hands. Um, Angelo and Parker. Angelo Parker. I almost called him Cool Hands Matt Menard. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. I'm getting the names fucked up. Um, and we'll just call it a new thing. Oh, wait, that's breaking up. What if we tease another faction and then he doesn't go in that faction, but he will wrestle a six-man tag match anyways. Yeah. yeah. I like seeing Will Ospreay wrestle. I like seeing Kenny Omega wrestle. Mm-hmm. I like seeing Takeshka, Takeshka wrestle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know what I really like seeing? It's those people wrestle singles matches. Yeah, that's my thing too. Yeah. I, I would agree. Like, let's get, we still haven't had Kota in a singles match yet in AEW. Like, are we going to get to that eventually? Well, he's just worried. He's got to have more bodies in the way else, or else uh, Yakuza Sniper is going to take him out. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, and the last match announced, which I got to go do, I'll, I'll be honest and transparent with the audience. I got to go do a little bit more backtracking to remember how the hell we got here and this ended up being the match, but Young Bucks, Matt Nix Jackson versus 
sorry, it's like squish those together. Really Mac, Max and Nick's yeah. check. <laughs> uh, versus the guns, Austin and Colton Gunn. I realize it's a wrestling podcast. I probably don't need to tell people who are in these tag teams <laughs> they know. So we'll try that again. The Young Bucks versus the Guns versus the Lucha Bros versus Orange Cassidy and Hook, who need a team name. A four-way tag team match for the future AEW World Tag Team. Oh, that's right. Now I remember. It's uh, for a shot at the yeah. tag team titles. For a second there, I read it as for the tag team titles, and I was like, how the fuck do we get here? That makes sense now. Because none of them have the <laughs> tag team Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know what's great about these matches is the moment when uh, you got to tag, you know, yourself into the match because the teams don't want to tag you in. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah, it's, I mean the, ma- the match is going to be a mess. Meltzer's going to give it four point two five stars, and I forget that it happened a couple weeks after. Yeah, it's going to be like that dumb rule mechanic. Is, like, won't even stand out too much because there should be fucking eight men in the ring most of the time anyway. Yeah, <laughs> like there's going to be fun. So it'll be a fun match. A lot of great spots. It'll bounce all over the place. You think Orange Cassidy is still going to be selling all the damage from the Intercontinental International um, title? I don't know. That, it's kind of funny to think that uh, since the last time I've seen Orange Cassidy, that title's already changed hands again. It's on him for so long. Oh, yeah. You think that like if Mox is okay, concussion's all cleared up, everything's fine, Like next week they just like have Mox beat Phoenix, <laughs> put it right back? Put it right back, yeah. yeah. Like, oops, let's go ahead and, and straighten that out. That's a lot of people. So nine matches. Two more have to get added, right? What do you think? Two? One? What would they add? We have a TNT championship match. We have a tag match. Or tag. No, wait. Who's FTR wrestling? Aussie Open. There you go. The Aussies. Uh, so we have a tag titles match. Uh, we have a TBS match. We don't have a women's championship match. So that seems like something that'll have to get added. Yeah. Um, although, I'll be honest, uh, Tony Khan's never been one. We also don't have a world title match. They're not going to. Should have one of those at least, though, right? Either a women's title or a world title. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think, I don't think Tony cares about. <laughs> That's a really mean and like over the top statement to say. But uh, who's the maybe? I, I was about to ask who the ROH champion was. See, this is the thing. Eddie Kingston. Literally, Eddie Kingston called every belt in ROH, and I would completely yeah. forget it. Between the two, way too many fucking titles. Yeah, I yeah, know. Uh, maybe we need a gimmick match in there somewhere. Do we have time to build for a tables, ladders, and chairs match? Yeah, I think like you could just make one that. Like, let's just make uh, make a weird one that. Let's match. put that eight man tag into an elimination chamber. I mean, they could add a gimmick to the better than you, baby match, maybe to make it some way interesting. But even then, I wouldn't yeah. want to see it. Like a shotguns match. Yeah, <laughs> they shotgun beers and then last one standing. <laughs> well, I was Is that thinking, what you meant? No. I was thinking they uh, shotgun each other with shotguns. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I was thinking something different. So that's Wrestle Dream card goes down on October first. You were right. You said to me last night we need to get pre- like get ready to get predictions yeah. out, and I was like, oh, you got a couple weeks. Yeah, I was listening to something where someone. Um, I, no, I was listening to you, mm-hmm. and you were like, so that's in ten days, and I was like, I swear to God, Mike just said that was like three or four weeks out. Yeah, I, I was totally wrong. Maybe I, probably because I pointed out that's in ten days because I was doing one of those things where I was like, kind of like, on the low trying to point out, like ten days away and the cars I even fucking put together yet. What are you doing, Tony? <laughs> does it take like an unfair shot at them like I sometimes do? Yeah, especially with that because how often is a wrestling card completely put together ten days out from the card? Never. Ten, ten days is fine. At least, at least they had four matches on the card. I guess yeah. that's that's better than like all out, which was they had like two matches on the card. And then, like, the Wednesday before the show came around. Well, in their defense, they didn't know if anyone was going to be able to make it out of England in time. Well, I was punk at the airport punching people. (laughs) Stopping them from getting on their plane. Since they didn't have a car for him, he took all the cars on his way out. Yeah. 
All right, Mike, you got any final thoughts? Anything else on wrestling you want you want to bring up? No, thanks for hopping in for this little portion. I just want to let everybody everybody listening know, if you haven't been to Chicago, my man CM Punk spoke the truth. Mindy's is fucking amazing. 